In this week's episode, Toby Milden, who is diversity and inclusion architect and founder of Milden, and I will chat about same-sex marriage rights in New Mexican states, Disney's costume expansion for children with disabilities, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Hello, Toby. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bernadette. It's uh, great to see you. Thanks for inviting me along. My pleasure. Would you like to properly introduce yourself? Tell the tell our listeners a little bit about you. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm a, a diversity and inclusion consultant. I work with heads of HR most of the time, helping them to put together their diversity and inclusion strategies, which are based on data and evidence. Um, and then alongside that, I help them implement their plans and deliver training and things like that. Excellent. Excellent. I know I was on your podcast a while back, and one of the things that we talked about was accessibility and making sure that inclusion means everyone and that we don't forget about the A. Absolutely. Yeah. Before I got into diversity and inclusion, I worked for the BBC uh, in user experience and design, and accessibility was a, a big part of my job to make sure that the, the BBC's website and apps were, were accessible so that everybody could consume BBC content. That's excellent. Do you have a couple of quick tips you want to give folks out there for being a little bit more accessible in their own organizations? Anything that they could implement right away? Yes, I think with accessibility, digital accessibility, so websites and apps and things like that, the first thing you have to do is you have to really understand what you're dealing with, first of all. So um, I think go out and get an audit completed with an expert who knows what they're they're doing because technology evolves so quickly and often you might start out with a an accessible website but they very quickly become broken when you update them or when you upgrade them so you need to go out and just sense check that what you've got is accessible to begin with that's great when I was building my new website, that was definitely something we kept in mind. And I had an audit done. And the recommendation was to build in accessibility features in terms of like things like high contrast, alt text, all of that from the get-go, as opposed to relying on some sort of third-party app to figure it out <laughs> for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are various plugins. They don't solve everybody's accessibility needs and modern day browsers like chrome and things like that are, are really good they have they're pretty customizable but you have to make sure that your website works with these browsers 
so that the end user can customize their their experience and make it more accessible to them. But often it's it's just the stuff like making sure that your website is structured properly so that when people go through the various headings that it works in the right order, that your images are labeled correctly. So that you know somebody who's say blind or visually impaired really understands what pictures you've got on your website. Excellent. That's great. I know that's something we've been really making sure is is part of our social media as well as including image descriptions in every post. Yeah. So before I get to the good vibes today, I just wanted to quickly ask you, I, I know we do similar work. Can you tell me what are some of the things that you're seeing with your clients that are inspiring you and, and keeping you excited? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm based out, I'm based in the UK. And so I, I think I've got this, I've got this UK bias. Um, let's say a lot of my organizations that I work with are based over here in the UK. And this year has got busier for us. And I think it's a combination of sort of getting over the, the worst of the pandemic or the, the lockdowns that we were having. And I think companies are trying to get back to some sense of normality. But the diversity and inclusion agenda is increasing significantly within businesses. Um, I think there's been a few things that have kind of really led that in the UK. So the, the gender pay gap legislation in the UK has been a real catalyst for organisations. Uh, the government mm. are talking about ethnicity pay gap reporting. Um, we've certainly seen uh, movements like the Black Lives Matter movement. Me Too have helped senior leaders think about how they become anti-racist organisations, for example, and put plans in place to make sure that they create the right inclusive culture for everybody. So there's a number of things that have, I think have really helped move diversity and inclusion up the priority list of organisations. Excellent. That's really glad. I'm really glad to hear that. All right, so let's get to today's good vibes, Toby. So the first story from this week is about LinkedIn. So this right now is National Disability Employment a Month here in the U.S. And LinkedIn has some new features for accessibility. So we talked a little bit about accessibility earlier, but some of these new features include auto-closed captioning and uploaded videos, which is really great. Um, videos also now have a high contrast feature so that helps folks who are visually impaired. Um, and they have also added in some standardized job titles like accessibility officer, chief accessibility engineer, things like that. So folks who have that type of work experience can actually add that to their LinkedIn profile and, and perhaps get more leads in their job search. Pretty great stuff. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And platforms like LinkedIn uh, and other social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, they play a really important role in trying to make accessibility as easy as possible for people because I think your kind of average end user doesn't think about adding alt text to an image, for example. But if these platforms can help make that easier for the end user by adding in suggested descriptions or educating people on why it's important to add alt text or subtitles to videos or things like that, then that, that's, you know, that's a, a great thing for accessibility. 
Absolutely. I love that story. LinkedIn has been really doing a lot of super progressive things lately. And I think they've always been a leader, but in terms of accessibility and inclusion, they've really done a lot within their product itself. All right, uh, the next story comes from Textio, which is a software that has been used in the past to identify gendered language in job descriptions. So terms like aggressive, which is a more masculine term, things like that, and empathetic or empathy is considered a more feminine term, for example. So it tends to flag, Textio flags that type of language in job descriptions. That same technology now is being used within the Workday application, and it is used to flag language in performance reviews that either contains absolutes like never or constantly, or terms like abrasive, uh, which can be you know, certainly associated more often with women or and especially women of color. So they're, they're flagging this language to try to make performance reviews more fair and impartial. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I'm a self-confessed geek. Uh, I I used to work in technology for the BBC and Accenture and healthcare technology before I got into diversity and inclusion. So um, in in my book, there's a whole chapter called Cyber, and it's how technology can help organisations scale up their diversity and inclusion efforts, as well as talking about accessibility, which we've you know we've which we've touched on already um and actually textio is one of the providers that i talk about in my book as a, as a as a great provider and um i'm really pleased to hear that their software is being used beyond recruitment mm-hmm. i think when i wrote the book their software was mainly used in recruitment and r- writing job descriptions and job ads um and i know that having talked to other people that it's it's those kind of everyday writings so uh you know when we write things like for people's 360 degree feedback or appraisals and things like that that's where bias can can occur as well so any technology that can help interrupt those patterns of bias the better for me absolutely because this bias becomes a barrier for women and BIPOC folks in particular uh, from getting promoted. And it becomes the reason why our in, the people in leadership roles and organizations around the world are largely pretty homogeneous. Yeah. So and, and super important. Some, and sorry to interrupt. I mean, if, some, if somebody is described in their appraisal as being aggressive, for example, then that could damage their, their confidence. And uh, yeah, they might end up just checking out or leaving the organization altogether. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Next story is from Mexico. So Mexico is a country that has had same-sex marriage rights in various states uh, over the past seven, eight years or so, various patchwork of states. And now the entire country has same-sex marriage rights. So pretty big deal. Um, I've done a lot of work in Mexico in the past, and uh, I have a lot. We have people down there who teach our LGBTQ inclusive wedding training in Spanish to folks in Mexico and throughout Latin America. So they are definitely celebrating. And I absolutely am am thrilled for these folks. Yeah, brilliant. I'm sure they're going to do it in very carnival style as well. Um, (laughs) I mean, as, as a gay man myself, you know, I'm really pleased to hear that there's, you know, marriage equality uh, going on in Mexico. So big, big thumbs up to them. Yeah, so now I think most, if not all, of North America, a lot of countries in Europe and 
you know, several in South America as well. So I think we're maybe at 34 or so countries out of yeah. 179. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we'll we'll take the victories. Sometimes yeah. the uh, the good news here is uh, better late than never. When, yeah. We'll we'll take those victories. <laughs> okay. Um, the next story is about the holiday Diwali, which is celebrated in many South Asian countries and by many South Asian folks, and is now an official public school holiday in the city of New York. Pretty big deal. I mean, this is a holiday celebrated by more than a billion people around the world, and by about 200,000 New Yorkers. That's fantastic. I mean, here in the UK, um, we're a very multicultural uh, society. Uh, people honouring or celebrating different religious faiths and beliefs, um, whether that's marking Diwali or whether it's acknowledging Ramadan or uh, you know Christmas. And I think it's really important that employers think about um, you know, all the people who are celebrating different religious festivities and how they can be more inclusive and maybe how they're also how their kind of systems and policies might support, say, different cultures. So um, I worked with a client recently and they just had this light bulb moment where they realised that they they closed the office over Christmas. It was like an, a forced closure, but they had some staff who are Muslim, for example, celebrating uh, and they would celebrate Ramadan, and they realised, hang on a minute, these you know, these people might actually want to, you know, work over Christmas, and take some time off over Ramadan instead. So they had they introduced more flexibility in their Christmas holiday policy. I love that. That makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, we yeah. can't assume. All right. Uh, and the last story from today is about Disney, which has expanded its collection of Halloween costumes. Today is Halloween uh, for folks, for children with disabilities, in particular, Halloween costumes for people in wheelchairs. There have been some in the past. Target has a nice collection. Disney now has more costumes mm. in their collection. Absolutely. Again, this is great to hear. I mean, being a wheelchair user myself, it is difficult to find clothes that fit, um, you know, perfectly well. So I get jeans from a German clothing company that make clothing especially for people that sat down in wheelchairs. And I think but this is really important for younger people, particularly like, um, you know, kids and, you know, they love Halloween. And so, you know, anything that Disney can do to just be more inclusive of kids with different needs. Um, over the last couple of years, we have seen different toy manufacturers making their toys more inclusive. Um, so whether that's having uh, like a, a character in a wheelchair, for example, I know Lego, for example, are looking at the the diversity of their different characters and that kind of thing. So any, anything that can make children understand that, you know, there are people just like them and they can see they can see themselves reflected in the toys that they play with is brilliant. And anything that they can do to feel less othered, right? I mean, we all want to feel like we belong. And Absolutely. when there aren't products that allow us to be included and when there are products that allow us to see ourselves, it, it all helps with that. So yeah, good, good news. Good vibes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Toby. It's been wonderful having you on Five Things. Any parting comments for our listeners? Um, 
I think this five things is brilliant. Uh, we often focus on the negative side of diversity and inclusion. It's like we're not doing enough or we're not reflecting our society enough. But there's some really great things going on in the world. And I think if we can find some positive role models, positive initiatives and just try and emulate them, then we'll, we'll accelerate our, our progress towards more equality. Absolutely. And when we find those stories, you can bet that they will show up here in Five Things. So if you don't already get the newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. It uh, comes out on Saturday mornings. And then the following week, I'll be joined by a special guest to talk about these five things in just 15 minutes. Thank you, Toby. Take care. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI. DEI.